0: hey y'all welcome back to chapel's corner it is your host fire chapel coming to you on an early thursday morning it's 2 34 a.m eastern standard time aka nyc time and i am back to chop it up with y'all you know chop it up have a convo 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 about some things so all right my eyes is burning right now and this is the reason why I spent most of yesterday, which was what, Wednesday, into just now, as a matter of fact, maybe 10 minutes before I started recording. Um, watching season six of Orange is a new black. Now, I'm sure or I, I like to think that many of the, our listeners, you know, out here watch the show it's one of the top rated netflix um series on netflix so um i'm pretty sure we're all familiar with it now from the first season to this season there's been a lot of things going on i personally think maybe seasons one through four was all right with me but once puse died i felt like things changed um i was it was very upsetting obviously if you was a fan puse was mad cool and she was my homegirl she probably was one of the few like real ones in there and i'll list my my favorites who as far as like who i feel is loyal or real ones now the reason i'm talking about season six is because i feel like the whole entire theme of season six in my opinion is about um knowing who your friends are knowing who your real friends are knowing who your enemies are um knowing when to draw them lines before it's too late and how um you know if not you'll just end up finding it out the hard way Who your true friends are when the shit hits the fan and people's um, true colors are revealed. And I feel like that's the um, reoccurring theme in Season 6. Now, I'm going to break down, um, I guess... The friendships that I noticed and picked up on. Um, a lot of these friendships didn't, of course, occur or initiate season six. They all started, in trans- or started or began in season one and, you know, had their shares of ups and downs through, um, let's face it, almost six years at Litchfield now. So, with that being said, I figured, yeah, it might be fictional. <clears throat> the story and the characters might be fictional as well. But trust me when I tell you, this happens in everyday life. So, as we know, Litchfield is is max right now. They have like a medium part and then they have like a max. Right now, because of the riot, I think they're up the hill or down the hill at another facility. So, they all mixed in. (laughs) And they all got separated. Now, it's got real... With these friendships because things went down. So the riot all ensued. Oh, I'm going to let you know right now. You ain't watched season six. I'm going to let you know right now. You need to turn me off. Because this is going to be probably a little bit of a spoiler. And I'll be honest enough to say that I have two episodes left to watch. But I felt like I watched enough to know or discuss all these different relationships. Friendships. Mother-daughter relationship. Like between um Daya and her mother you know, and so forth, and, um, or little other things that I noticed, so let me see, whose friendship, who would I like to talk about first, because there's just so much going on, man, Tasha and Tasty, I'm gonna talk about, I'm gonna talk about Tasha and Tasty first, right, because, um, now I don't even want to talk about Tasha and Tasty, I want to talk about Tasha and Cindy first, because that's like the biggest one that's bothering me right now, because, um, Tasha, my people, and so is Tasty, but I'm starting to realize, I guess, um, Because shit now has gotten real for all of them with this riot... The riot um, took place for three days. The riot was started off the sake of Poussey's death. Um, Tasty, who was a loyal and good friend of Pusey, who was very much affected, wanted very much for everyone to know what was going on at Litchfield. She wanted everybody to remember her name. She wanted everybody to say Pusey's name. And she left it up to Caputo, who was the warden of the jail, to make a statement or something. But by the time they read the papers or they found out what they were saying, it seemed as if it was just like a, um unnamed inmate. You know, it wasn't really... The noise that Tasty had wanted to be made concerning this because she wanted change and she didn't want say to, uh, she didn't want basically for say death to be for nothing, so to speak. You know what I mean? Saying like she wanted to honor her friend's death and she didn't want it to happen to anybody else. She wanted people to know just basically what the hell was going on, but it backfired. So when Caputo made this announcement, I remember, um. She was upset and went running through the dorms. Like, nah, they trying to, they trying to um, play poussé and all of that. And so everybody started going crazy. Then of course that asshole CO. There's like always an asshole CO in every um, episode, and this. As I already know going on, um, but being a criminal justice major who was someone who was going to be first um, a a trial defense attorney, a defense attorney going to be trial attorney, and then the one who later on said maybe I'll just be a correctional officer, and I'm still on the list. I could still be a court officer for my borough. That's by choice. You know, the only guy to do is call me up and I go into the academy by choice if I want to. But watching... Reason why I like this show, even though it's fictional, it really discusses all the political things that goes on behind the scenes, all the all the little deals that's made. How everything's all about politics, and there is a corporate on top, and there are necks that have to be saved, and there are times when they're gonna have to sacrifice somebody. There are times we're gonna be um, illegal and unethical cover-ups, and um, times when lawyers and CEOs ain't gonna be doing what they were ethically. Um, uh, what do you call it? call to do, so to speak You know what I'm saying, it's the same thing with cops You know what I'm saying, everybody probably went in with the idea That they were going to be a good cop, but when you go in there You start to realize it's a different type of system Same thing with the military, it's just something when you get into those type of worlds It's just like you're not really in control Like you thought you would be, you want to come in and change the world But you can't, long story short <coughs> Daya grabbed the gun As we all know, and then you got Maria <coughs> Ruiz Who I don't want to say she put the battery In Daya's bag, which Daya's my, I love Daya Shout out to Dasha Polanco. But, you know, um, Daya was frustrated. She was mad as hell. You know what I'm saying? And um, she, she she, just, she, she put that that, 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 she got that gun in her hand and Daya felt that power. And Daya went crazy and she just held that. And Maria told her, she said, look, she said, Daya, you sure you know what you're doing? You sure you wanna give that gun to somebody else? And she's like, nah, nah, I got it. All right. So it's all right. On that note, Daya made a choice. So, as guest, as a friend, Ruiz did try to tell Daya, listen, I don't know that that's such a good idea, but she was saying, you I got this. Come to find out she shot the guy in the thigh, but I'm not going to lie. There was a time after she decided, I decided I'm going to keep the gun and I'm going to do it me. There was a time when Maria just did start putting that battery in her back, like, shoot him, kill him. All of them did, you know what I'm saying? And eventually the gun went off and then, you know, whatever. Now, this incited a riot. Which, anyway, the females was already walking to uh, Caputo, the warden's office. So, long story short, this is how season five happened. And then season five was the whole... I'm, a big, I'm not going to lie to you. Season five was hard to watch. It took me a very long time. I did not get as, uh, through season, fast as, season five as fast as i gotten through the prior seasons. And when I thought it was just me... I looked it up last year. I was like, man, am I the only one? Let me see what people saying in the reviews and everybody said damn. Like, they can't they can't see how Orange is the new black ain't hang it up yet, cause the writing was just getting so damn pitiful. I can honestly say with season six, I'm glad they trying to pick it up. I, I hate that they had to get a little bit more dark er to try to like um, save it, but I feel like they did a pretty good job. But I mostly I just ca- I couldn't help but notice just the way um, things change between friends and re- and friendships and relationships. So with that being said, let me talk about um, Tasha and Cindy. Now, as we know. Cindy the big girl with the afro. Everybody loves Cindy. And we all know Tasty is, is baby girl. You know what I'm saying? She's the one what this is all about right now during season six. And any, if anything, we know she's a loyal one because half the trouble she in right now is because she's been riding off of Puse. All right. So, what I don't. Now, obviously, we see or we notice that in season six. Before season six even happened, we see exactly how Pescarella died. He was not killed by Tasty. He was not killed by Red. He was not killed um, by Cindy. They let him go. As a matter of fact, if I can remember clearly, I believe it was Red um, who cut him out and let him go. As he was walking out to exit, and he felt bad. He felt like shit because they all confronted him and they said everything they needed to say. Those are those who was hurted by him. Especially Red and them. And they let him go. But now this team that came in, I guess it was a rescue team or a SWAT team. They came in and they killed Pasquarello. Well, I guess we found out in season six, though, that um, Tasty not tasty, Cindy and crazy eyes was sitting there hiding under some table and they overheard, they didn't know which guard was dead, but they overheard that the the, the team had brought the dead body and thinking that the room was empty and they was over there trying to conspire on how to hide this death because they didn't want to go down for killing a Lichville guard. So they conspired to just make it look as if um, an inmate had did it during the riot That it wasn't not they doing And of course this worked out perfectly So now we start off with season 6 With all of these girls being transported Some of these girls from Litchfield You already know the people that was not in the main cast They get scattered all over the damn nation And then what you got You got the main crew all up, up the hill A few miles up the hill But now some of them are separated. Some of them is in general population, and a lot of them is in isolation. And that's when you start to realize that stuff is getting real for them. Because the ones that's in general population is the ones that's not facing any charges. As a matter of fact, um, the feds aren't even looking to question them concerning anything. They're not even considered potential suspects. But everybody that's in isolation, which is is all the heavyweights that you love, Gloria, um, Maria, um, Red what do you call it, Frida was up in there, who wasn't up in there, Tasha was up in there, Tasty was up, um, no, Tasha was not in there, she's that guard, Cindy was up in there, it wasn't, I don't know, who wasn't up in there, Uh, Flocka wasn't up in there, she was in General Pop, they wasn't even looking for her, but a lot of them, uh, and Piper, Piper was up there too, Dyer was up there, so like I said, all the whole team was up in there. And then that's when this shit started getting real, cause now they are getting called down one by one to go sit and be interviewed by the feds to figure out one who started this daggone riot. I'm I'm, I'm getting I'm getting to my point. Everybody, just be patient, please. And anyway, if y'all saw the season, then y'all could understand, and I, maybe I wanted to talk it out with somebody. So let's talk it out because it's girl talk. It ain't nothing but women up in the jails or it's it's a girl talk about friendships. So now we over here. Um. With everybody in isolation, they start calling everybody down one by one. But that's when it starts getting real, cause everybody got some time. Some people ain't got like look at Piper. But I'm gonna talk about Piper too. I'm gonna rant too. I should talk about Piper for a rant. But I want let me first talk about Cindy and Tasty, cause that shit bothered me like a month. Oh, a lot of these friendships just, just bother me. That's why I say to myself. <sighs> They all either getting faced with extra time. So they already either was doing some serious time and they're getting extra time or some of them was maybe getting ready to go home and they're getting faced with extra time, potentially life in jail. And then they had the nerve to throw around the death penalty, which I found hilarious because um, I'm not saying I know New York State. I'm not saying they don't have one. I don't believe we don't have one because I remember I did a paper on this. If I remember correctly, we just don't execute it and we don't carry it out. We are a democratic state. It doesn't happen. Now take your ass down to Texas. And they throw that motherfucker, they flip they that switch on and fry ninjas down there, specifically men of color. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or that's not, you know what I'm saying? Every daggone day, probably 50 times a damn day. You know, and Florida too. That's another one that's probably going to flip the switch often. So they was really trying to push that death penalty. Like, you know, Tasty going to get the death penalty. But all of this could have been solved between Cindy and Tasty. This is why, this is why Cindy is a jacked up friend. And she always gonna be, even though she feeling the guilt now. And I'ma watch how this ends out. Cause as I finished out the second or the third to last episode of the season, they all sitting there in the trial now. So Tasty done found out that um, um, Cindy was never really her friend. Cause up until the time when she before she got on the bus, she would have thought that was her friend. She up there like, why you on the bus? What happened? What, the, what, you, what you? What they got you for? Come to find out, she coming to testify against you. That's right, your home girl, the one you was crying through the whole time, the one you was running into her arms, the one that lined you up. The one that if you didn't stand up for yourself when you was about to cop, cop out and take the plea, yeah, you pled guilty to the riot. You pled guilty to something else. But when they asked you, did you commit that murder? Thank God you opened your mouth, Tasty. It was like, no, I did not. Because then she had the backing of the ACLU, Black Lives Matter. But her friend who knew the truth, who could have just brought it forward when they kept asking everybody, who killed the guard? Forget who started the riots. Them, them, them charges is like, even if it's an additional 10 years, that's one thing. Killing a guard you know they ain't never coming home from that. You know what I'm saying? And she got the answers to all of this. And she don't say a mumbling word. She just keep getting this Suzanne ear, a.k.a. Crazy Eyes ear, talking about this eye little secret. Don't say nothing to nobody. Don't say nothing to anyone. Like, because this that, and third. I just kind of look out for herself. But little do she know. I mean, I think now in the episode, she more or less looking at how it affected Tasty. But if you really look at everything that they went through, having to be put in situations where, oh, you ain't never going to see your kids again. Or they talking to Red. Red, you got three sons. If you ever want to see your kid, they talking to them just like that. If You, you don't want to die in here, do you? This is how it works. Let me explain to you one more time how it works. You give me something I can work with, something I can build a case with, I give you immunity. You don't cooperate. You know how they do. You don't give me anything, I can't help you It's just that simple Like It's just either you're going to snitch and get immunity or you're not That's when you start finding out who your real friends is And then let me tell you, in real life You ain't got to be waiting to be sitting in an interrogation room With the detectives, good cop, bad cop And the light shining down, beaming on your forehead With beads of sweat on your forehead um, You don't have to be in that kind of situation Before you, to know that This is the time it's going to be tested When your friend's true colors are going to come out it could be something like everybody's talking about you in public and they just ain't speak up for you. There's always going to be a time when something's going to happen. So before up in this, Cindy and Tasty was tight. They might have had up and downs or whatever, but she probably never saw this coming. Not from Cindy. Cindy ain't ever. So now the rest of them is faced with all these serious charges. They ain't had no choice but to be subjected to the evil, cool games that the system plays, which is my effing you. To basically go against another and start pointing fingers every which way, any damn way, but at you. And I'm watching every single last one of them turn on each other. I seen Frida turn on red. I seen Nikki turn on red. I seen Chapman, Piper, bitch ass, snitch the fuck out of red with no fucking problem because she worried about pussy. That's right, she was worried about Alex, have you seen a tall girl, that's why her fucking tooth got chipped, she was over there talking to some demon bitch, what if, oh you have a cast in your hand, were you dressed over there in medical or some bullshit, did you see some, she's like yeah you wanna go to medical, chipped her and did, bitch you stupid, Worry about all the wrong things, you need to be saving your neck. And Red tried to send her simple ass a message To let her know what was going on she, mis- she mistook the message for Alex Her little damn girlfriend was dead And this ain't got nothing to do with bashing LGBT It ain't about that It's just her- she was worried about all the wrong things You about to be facing life in jail You worry about what the hell your girl is at You know what I mean I mean yeah but You, you worry about all the wrong things I ain't say don't worry about your significant other But I mean damn You know what I'm saying What the hell can you do for your significant other If they-, they gonna get out before you And you facing this time long story short all cindy had to do was try to tell somebody so red um was the last one. Oh, and then not only that frida gave up frida gave up tasty you know and frida was wrong for that frida gave up to Frida. <laughs> then we find out how fucked up frida was during season six because frida was that person she had screwed over red then we find out she screwed over this woman named carol that she um, did time with when she was younger, like 30, 40 years ago, because I think the both of them got life or something, or close to that much years in jail. She screwed right over. And then she turned around and handed Cindy over, also she could go to um, some kind of cell block named Florida, where there ain't nothing but old ladies, trannies, everything's peaceful, quiet, there's no fights, there's no bullshit, there's no yelling, everything's peaceful and serene, and crazy people are there as well, they said. All right. That's what she did it for. So my point is, some of them are selling each other out for stuff like, I don't want to have no more time. I want to be seeing my children and all that. The rest of them are selling themselves out or selling each other out for the most simplest, most mundane and basic-ish that it don't even make no sense to do, like a better block in, in the sea thing. And the reason she did that, she was looking out for herself because she knew good and damn well that the woman that she had beef with was basically in the same prison. That's what she was afraid of. She's shitting bricks like, I don't want to go up in a cell where she going to be at. I got to do whatever it is in my power, even if it means throwing somebody that I'm close with or know very well, aka Red, and also um, Tasty under the bus to do that, then that's what she's going to do. And that's when she showed her true colors. This is why the hell Red broke the hell up and started to feel betrayed. So that's when Red started to find out that, that freaking, what's her name, wasn't her friend. But we're going back to tasty and Cindy right now. Um, these two like two peas in a pod. You know what I'm saying? You wanna talk about Oprah and Gail, or you wanna talk about Beyoncé and Kelly. It was really, really tight. I mean, before Pousset died, it was tasty and Pousset. But after Tasty um Poussey died, it was tasty and um tasty and um Cindy. So <clears throat> The fact that half of them copped out to a lot of plea deals that they should have not copped out to. I forget the ones. I mean, the only one who took the murder charge was was Cindy. But that's because after a while, even Red had to, everybody had to do some underhanded, sneaky ass ish. Now, it was only one person who did some snake ish to Red. And I think that was Nikki. That's my baby girl, too. She's a loyal one. She ain't have no choice. But at least when she was leaving out of isolation and go back into general population, And that's how you start to find out. That's how people start to find out people snitching on them too. That's how the system going to do you. Because all y'all in isolation and pop. You see one of your friends go down for questioning. She don't come back. You're in isolation. She never comes back. That means she got released to general population because she either gave a statement or she took a deal. Now you either snitched or you took a deal. Which means you snitched a little bit to get about a deal. Or some of them would go back to isolation only for someone to come get them maybe to pr- the following day to take them out of isolation as a reward for snitching. Once again, it's them back to the general population. So now as you're watching your friends, I'm thinking put myself in the same situation. You're watching your friends. Now you're starting to literally see who told. You might not know what they told, but you could tell that somebody told something. And then Red started to realize, because I'm talking about Red now, that she was the last person damn near sitting up in that cell. You know what I'm saying? And she started to put two and two together. And she was forced by the door to take an extra 10 years on top of her sentence because people just are lying on one another. I can't, I mean, like when I watched the show, I know this was a really decent season because I was so into it, but all I could see was just a different types of friendships. Um, yeah, let me take a quick break, I'm gonna take a quick break and then I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna discuss Piper. Where am I gonna go off about fucking Piper? She got my damn nerves, and I want to talk about Danya and Daddy. Oh my gosh, that one, yeah, I'm gonna next segment is gonna be. Piper, Alex versus Danya and Daddy. Which one of these lesbian relationships is, is, is more popping to me? And then you can tell me what y'all think, I guess, or whatever. And then I want to go into Carol. Carol and her sister, Barbs. Damn, I want to call them the Menendez sisters, but they killed their little sister. They didn't kill their parents. They was wild too, but they make the. I'm not going to lie. I respect Barbs and I respect Carol. I, they both crazy as hell. I wouldn't want to be in none of their blocks. I'll be honest with you, because they both nutty. And they'll do anything in their power to to, to just get at one another. I actually, the last episode I just ended before I started this podcast real quick was... um. The, the guards, because now the guards is playing. This is the stuff I be talking to you about politics. This is why I didn't, don't want to go into question. The guards so bored at work, they sitting there doing draft picks, trying to place bets and playing a game. So they sitting there just to win a game. They putting inmates in situations they not supposed to put each other in, knowing damn well they have beef like Carol and Barbara. Lock them in a the cell and force them to go in there, or else they're gonna face some kind of other punishment. So they backs us against the wall. So when I laugh at that stuff. They both was in a the cell and ready to do something. I'm gonna watch it later. I mean, I'm, as soon as I'm done with this podcast, I just want to get the friendship parts of it out of the way. And I didn't want to give it all all the way in case somebody didn't really watch. I'll talk about the last two chapters or whatever episodes I watched like in another thing. But um, Barbara and they—they they dope, you know. But stuff. I wish they would just get their stuff together because it's just sisters. But even that's just just to show you the relationship of sisters, you know. And uh, yeah, I'll be right back after the break. Child was gone. Hey y'all, welcome back to Chapel's Corner. We're back from break and we're here discussing Orange is a New Black. I am focusing on the relationships, the friendships. How they changed when things got real And how um, we can all learn something from that Doesn't necessarily have to be a prison setting For us to understand um, that, And it can happen to any one of us Now, Either we've done this to people in the past Or maybe we think we're in safe friendships now That could never falter, break, or bend For any reason at all, whatsoever For some reason, you feel that You're so secure and confident in your relationships That they won't ever falter But You should be always open and and keep your eye out. Never be too comfortable to believe that uh, your team is that secure. That there's never not one on your team that could feel threatened by you. Or look at them in a situation like this. I think the only thing that changed the dynamics of a lot of these relationships between these women was simply this. That there came a time where they weren't just... Uh, friends who were suffering together, meaning us against them, us the inmates against the guard. And you know, there was a time when that was happening and everything was okie dokie and a okay and everybody gelled just fine. But then things started to get real and then they had to go into survival mode. And that's what we're seeing in season six. This is all about survival. Now, even if it's not a prison setting, like I keep saying once again, with your inner circle, your friends, your family, it doesn't matter who it is. Because we see family betraying family, even in season six. This is, this is a common theme in life, but it's a reoccurring theme in uh, season six. My point is, um, it's something that I guess the only situation or perfect situation that you would need in your group of friendships or family or whatever to think a solid is a situation where now everybody has to survive kind of like it becomes a walking dead situation you see how everybody has to like there's no more rules in the world than walking dead you kind of got to make them up as you go along and you either on a good team or a bad team but it's all about survival now so think all the rules go out the window well it's prison rules baby i mean it's always been prison rules and orange is new black but i mean like this season you see it it's straight prison rules and now these girls are starting to have to turn on each other because half the deals that they took yes it led them back to general population but they also went into different blocks and and areas which means that um there are now technically against each other with this new color coding system and all of this could have been prevented i mean maybe they would have been separated and had turf wars because that's uh, you know but they would have kept it peaceful but with this whole situation of having to people surround each other out now when they're seeing each other throughout Litchfield, ain't nothing but seeing red. It's like you start not, I don't mean red, the character red. I mean like seeing red rage, seeing anger. So, um, yeah. So let me talk about Piper. Damn, I can't stand Piper Chapman. Y'all, I know, I know, I know. The entire show is based on this woman, Piper. Somebody's real. She's real. She went to jail for one year. And for some reason, she managed to get six years worth of... At some point, this shit is lies now. You don't go to jail for fucking one year. I don't know. I don't know her story. But supposedly, she only did a year. That's what they said. Every time they said a story, they said it was only a year. She got six years worth of shit to tell. Anyhow, her character... If I was going to write a movie about me, a story about me... She's just too dull for me. How the hell are you the main character? And I mean, if the show was going to coerce New Black, I would have followed Daya as a main character, or Gloria as a main character, or I would have even followed um, Suzanne as a main character. I would have followed Tasty as a main character. I don't know. I, yes, I know it's her story, so she makes herself a main character, but she's the most boring character up in the fucking jail. I, damn. I can't stand me, some Piper Chapman. And every fucking season, she's a victim. And every time you think she' about to get that, you know, she' about to start stomping with the big dogs, and she done got slapped enough and humiliated enough in the fucking season that she' gonna get up and stand up for herself. She get like one every season. She got one one good scene where she's like, "Listen, man, you don't wanna mess with me because it would ever." And then there was that season that she blacked out and she knocked the fuck, she beat the fella out that girl in the snow, and then the guard just watched because that, that's another. I told you, I'm not. That's why I, I know what I chose not to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, get me to, to, to sign my life away to some to mess like that and lose my soul. It's crazy up in them systems. I know. I, I know people. And I was on the inside and I studied. I know like, or DM me like in the back of my hand. Long story short, Piper is soft. I mean, how the hell? Suppose you, yeah, one, because she only spent the year up in there. Everybody else was more interested in her. So then I'm looking at her and Alice in this relationship because she just kept bothering me that first freaking season. Just kept looking for them. I mean, okay, I don't know that you're concerned. But you got to be concerned you got to worry about yourself. I mean, at least be like, well, what would Alex want me to do? Alex would be like, okay, I want you to be strong, go on, and take care of your damn self. Because that ain't help you prepare your case. You sitting around here and keep asking people for me. That's how, you, that's how your damn tooth got chipped. She's such a damn airhead sometimes. She really is, though. That's what she want to do is be in love in a damn jail. She knows, I don't think she ever want to get the hell out that damn jail. I think Piper just want to sit her fucking ass in that jail and just be chasing after Alex all day, trying to fuck around and find time to have sex without the guards knowing so then there's Alex and there's Piper. They're so boring this season. They didn't even turn on each other. But P- boring. I mean, like, everybody else and some stuff. Y'all yeah, was just in the middle. Of, and, and her biggest problem is she want to get a kickball t- Listen, don't get me started with Piper. So anyway, Piper and Alex, right? I'm looking at Piper and Alex. It was mad funny because I was looking at them. like, damn. You you all been watching your audio. okay. So I'm Unbreakable Kimmy Smith. Titus and Dramedon, right? <laughs> it's probably my favorite show, and I love Titus. And Mikey got a steamer like, um, what do you call it, um, like, you know, same-sex gender relationship, then freaking Piper and her boring-ass girlfriend, Alex, and so I was like, oh my god, like, not, not even, I don't, I'm like, gosh, I'm trying to, I was just analyzing Piper this season, I'm like, damn, Piper, you're so fucking boring, I was like, not only that, your damn fucking relationship was boring, I was like, why do they give you so much air time on the show? Oh, yeah, I forgot, because you wrote the... Anyway, moving on. So then I'm looking at Diane, right? Because Diane <laughs> Dian getting her ass whooped left and fucking right. Because I guess the guy died or whatever. So she getting... Yeah, she went down for... She copped out the second-degree murder. But these cops, I mean, these guards whooping her behind. Every time you turn around, she getting a baton to her back... Chest, stomach, leg. Yeah, they lucky. I'm, I'm. Man, I was waiting for them to split her head open. They ain't never split her head. But my girl holding her own. You know what I'm saying? She taking it out. That's my girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm, she one of one, one, my absolute favorites on the show. And so it comes to the point where she gets transferred to D Block and she runs into Daddy. Oh Lord. Daddy is a woman. She calls herself daddy now, At first, I'm like, oh, What in the fuck Because I thought she was gonna be trouble. She was trouble for a lot of them. But then she started to get soft from a diet. I said, oh boy. But then I'm not gonna lie. Daddy got game, right? Cause she coming around and she all, you know, after that got fucked up in the shower by the guard, the next day she bought a little gift basket thing with some real shampoo. Cause they had stole some, some shampoo kits. They had piss in it, she felt bad. Cause then when she found out and they, the girls was laughing, that's when the guard beat her up. So now only did Daddy get piss in her hair from the, from the uh, C block messing with their stuff that they stole because they desperately needed shampoos and toothbrushes and shit because daddy stole all of it that's why she don't make no sense but now she gonna come daddy come oh i'm so sorry that she got your ass beat in the shower yesterday because all you uh, yeah. and here's some painkillers oh boy now Daya holding on to these painkillers this girl keeps giving her not because she trying to get her hooked on the pills it's just because she knows she getting her ass beat all the time by these guards And she can't sleep at night because she's in a lot of pain. So she's just trying to give her something to ease the pain and go to sleep. Daya, after a while of resisting and hesitating to take the pills, decides to pop one. Obviously, she gets relief from the pain. And eventually, she starts to pop more. She keeps popping and popping and popping until she eventually forms this addiction. Which is shocking. So now, um, something goes down where the drugs get confiscated or they can't come in no more because of the rats and the cheese. Now, if you want to know about the rats and the cheese, you got to just go watch that yourself. so <laughs> because like, this episode is not about the rats. But I did want to mention that I was not happy to see my girl dying getting hopped up on the pills and becoming like damn near fiend out for it. That, that's the shit I don't like about painkillers in real life. That shit will happen in your everyday life. Now, Daddy and Diane, I'm bringing them up to simply say in comparison to Alex and um, Piper, I felt like by the time Diane started giving in, and at one point she let Daddy take her hand and she took Daddy's hand and put it in her panty jaws. It's for her to, you know, basically saying, come on, you, i give you permission to touch my body. And they made out and did them for the first time. Um, I... I'm a straight woman, but at the same time, I say you see now this is what I'm talking about. How these two just formed a relationship, and this is, in my opinion, from what I can understand, yeah, this is not your first um, same-sex relationship up in here. So, Piper and, and fucking Alex been knocking bulls since the how long? How many fucking years? And they don't do nothing for me. I'm not even trying to get to know them. I just been like they're so boring. You ain't even rooting for them like you rooting for Titus and, and Mikey or whatever. You know what I mean? I mean hell, even uh. How to get away with murder? Got the got the Asian kid in the you know you I be ruining for them. You know I don't even want to rule for Piper and Alice. They so corny. They like they not they like they they carry on like they're not even a fucking jail. That shit make me sick. It's like you do understand at some point y'all gotta do. They don't even talk about the future. All they take, all they care about is where the hell they are gonna be at next in that fucking jail. Anyway, I'm looking at Diane and Daddy like see that's what I'm talking about. I'm like this is a true relationship. It's not healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not you know I wouldn't want Diet to. I, man, I don't want that to be there at all, to be honest, but what can you do, you know, what can you do, hell, I, I damn sure right ain't die mother, <laughs> so I can't, die a mother, and then if not, even if dying mother did, she couldn't tell anything anyway, so, um, yeah, that's what I was, okay, so now, the other thing I noticed, before I get back to friendships, is I was I thought it was really cool to find out that in this season, they are doing podcasts at the jail. They got a radio station where they have well, I don't know if they do that. They didn't they didn't do that in the last season, not that I've seen. And they had this um host on whose name was Kathy. She was just so funny, but she was talking about how she basically had found her voice and um. She <laughs> was somebody who was never listened to on the outside, so I started listening to what she said because that's how I felt. I was like, "Wait, listen to y'all here. I be talking too much." She said that she um, never was really paid attention to on the outside. Nobody really paid her attention, especially her husband, who told her that um, she just talked too damn much for no reason. So what she eventually did is um, she said, "He," she said, "Well, he can't complain too much about um, me talking them no more now, can he? Meaning, I killed the nigga So what? <laughs> what he got to complain about now?" But she said, "Now that I found my voice, you know." She's like, it's important because she's like, um, only when you find your voice will you be able to start drawing and attracting people to you that will love you for who you are. You know what I mean? And um it's an amazing feeling and thing. And I was just listening to it and I was like, okay, because it's pretty funny. But long story short, I wanted to talk about the podcast because later on, who who takes over the podcast but Tova. Tova is uh, Cindy, um, secret holding ass, ruining everybody's life and don't give a damn because she got a lawyer uh, who's Jewish? You know what I'm saying. Who wanna, who's gonna to do something and get her off and get her lost? a less get her less time and immunity. Her situation is good. She ain't worried about nobody. She knows for a fact that she damn near handed somebody else over. You understand? And she don't give a damn. She on podcast, living her life like it's golden with Flocka. With Flocka cool. So I don't got no problem with her. <clears throat> like it's nothing until a few days after she got also something and then okay oh, that's karma it starts coming back. So it started coming back to her real quick. She started to feel bad because she's smiling all up in Cindy's face. That's what I'm trying to tell you about fake friends. probably got them right now. Smiling all up at Cindy's face, knowing damn well the whole time. Bitch, if you didn't wisen up and smarten up and not plead guilty, do you know she would have pled guilty to the charge? She would have just took it and not even fought? It? And she would not have never let her friend know. That she knew the truth of what happened and that that truth could have set her free. She would have never had to do 25 to life. I don't give a fuck how close me and you would have been at that point or how long I knew you or how many Thanksgiving's and Christmases and all of that. We done spent at each other's house sitting at each other's grandmothers' tables eating turkey and stuff in our faces. Bitch, I don't know. You dead to me at that point. How dare you? And you smiling off my face. And when I was crying, you, you put me, you know what I'm saying? Oh, lay your head on my shoulder, sis. I got you. We're going to work it out. Everything going to be all right. I'm going to pray for you. Meanwhile, bitch, you was lining me up the whole time. I was saying I wasn't really feeling that about Cindy this season. Like I know Cindy always had some issues and it was kinda of funny, but this time around it really wasn't that funny. Um, but there's a lot of people that's sitting in jail right now, just with um silly stuff like that. Supposedly your friend said they had your bag and y'all was gonna do something together. but when the shit hit the van. You know, it's always when shit hit the van. Maybe it came to a job promotion, maybe it came to one of y'all getting fired, y'all both got the job. This one threw you on the bus. Have you ever been thrown under the fucking bus? Have you ever been a scapegoat? Hello somebody. Just so somebody else gonna save their neck. When's the last time you fell out with somebody? It's cause they did you wrong and it was something like that. You know, I think we all got a story. And there's other relationships that I want to discuss here. Oh man. There's just so much going on with these prison rules. But it was good though. I'm not gonna lie. I mean it was better than season five. I almost gave up. I almost didn't watch this season. But then I remembered, oh yeah, they had a riot. That was a riot. <laughs> Let me see what the hell's going on here. Damn. Oh, I want to talk about Mendoza and Ruiz now. What, yo? Ruiz want Mendoza ass. No, Mendoza want Ruiz ass. That's Gloria. Gloria want Maria ass and deservedly so. That's another fuck bitch that was running around through the fucking season. And I was laughing when um they both got put up in the same block together. After they both made it out of isolation, um, one obviously snitched. Not only did she snitch, but you got to remember, Maria was the one running around sticking poles up CO's butts and all that stuff. She got crazy. She was the one that was like, shoot up, die. She was out here. You know what I'm saying? If they didn't have enough to cop police with people to save her own damn butt. And not only that, when it was time to walk out, remember she walked out with the CO trying to make herself look good. Like she was the one that was trying to keep the peace. So she did a lot of shit to just shit on everybody else. So by the time Gloria caught up to her ass in that thing and they was doing their little power walk thing. And they was like, yeah, power walk. Stay two, two feet away from each other. If you're passing on the left or on the right, just say passing or whatever. Because if you don't, well, you won't get a shot. All kind of dumb shit. They always got to get punished for some shit. Just being them. So what, Gloria? When they said go, Gloria took off on the power walk. They was like slow down, mate. You moving too fast. You supposed to be power walking or briskly walking. She, she like, alright, sorry. She passing, passing, passing. She just, what's she shouting? Passing, passing. She moving up. What's she trying to do? She trying to fucking catch up the fucking. Uh, Maria stupid snitching ass And Maria you know what the hell she trying to do Get the fuck out of Gloria Motherfucking charging ass And so they both going pal walking They don't—they're the, the fastest ones in the circle Going in the circle Everyone else is going at a regular pace Like a as spot They the only two looking like they are chasing each other Without trying to look like they chasing each other Finally Gloria, Gloria caught up to that ass Ryan she ain't barely had her hands on her For them fucking seal split it up Man I was like get, get her I would have dragged that bitch that's where my mom's all dragged. I would've dragged that bitch. Oh my, my and they supposed to be like sisters. Niggas was in the kitchen together. When they was at Litchfield, it was like the Latinos against the blacks against the whites. Now you against me? Oh my gosh. That's where my mother, I would've dragged her. If I was Tasty, I would've dragged Cindy. I would've dragged that. I'm not telling you, I would've been dragging the fuck out of people. They'd have had me up in the shoe all day. I would've lived in the shoe. I would've did all the rest of my time in the fucking shoe. When it come to Carol and her sister, Barbara, i man, one of them bitches. Because I I'd, I'd ride for both of them. I ain't gonna lie. I don't know. They both got a story to tell. I like how they both do and handle their business as far as the power that they got. I respect the fact that they OGs. This beef, though, that shit crazy. But what I don't understand about the other one is how they're the one be shocked at the other sister not being a good sister to them when both sisters is the one that conspired to kill their little sister and is the reason why they both sitting there doing time today. You understand what I'm trying to say? If two sisters killed one sister, meaning this sister helped me kill our other sister, why the hell would you think that this sister would never turn their back on you so much? First of all, you already know that they're capable of killing their own sister. You helped them do it. So not only should they look at you like you're a potential threat because you helped me kill my sister, you could just kill me and get me out the way. Hell, you might just look at me one day and be like, this bitch might tell and just kill me. You understand what I'm trying to say? They should have never ever thought that something would have been hashed out. They're sitting there talking about some other betrayals. Something them serious seriously wrong with the two of them. No? But two sisters who grew up as sisters. They, I mean, they agreed to get together to do one plan. That's the last time I've seen that they ever agreed on anything at all. Now they are in this situation. Anyway, I just respect the OG shit, and I just want to see how the beef is going to go down. I know there's other relationships that I need to explore, like Tasha and Cindy. No, Tasha and Tasty. So Tasha's the black female guard that's there. And it seems that her and Tasty got a history. They go way, way back in the day. But um, obviously right now they're on two sides of the fence. While Tasty has fallen through the, you know, has fallen through um, the grips and the cracks of life, so to speak. The other one, I'm saying Sandy, while Tasty? Yeah, while Tasty has so much gone through the system and has her bad of luck in life, basically life hasn't always been the best to her. You have Tasha, who's obviously managed to be the rose that grew from concrete and make it out of the hood, so to speak, Um, stand on her own two feet. She has a career, and it just so happens that her career is being a correctional facility, which is a small world, so now she is um, looking over or monitoring her very own friend that she grew up with. But what a condescending attitude Tasha has throughout most of this uh, season. She seems to not be the friend that Tasty remembers her being, the one that she grew up with, the one that they, you know, when they both worked at the fast food spot when they were just smoking marijuana, you know, that, that night before um, the guy came in and tried to rob them, And Tasty stood up and saved their lives. Meanwhile, coward-ass Tasha hid under um, the counter. You know, but that just showed you the type of relationship they should have had from then. If Tasty was wise, she would have seen from then that uh the girl never popped up. She never tried to do nothing. She, tried, she never tried to crawl to the back. She tried to call her out on it, but she kind of was like, "Oh, you know, I was scared and all that." She was like, "Yeah, I know, whatever." Tasty walking home barefoot though after saving y'all lives, you know, she ran at Tasty. She's saying talking about some girl. Well, I would have never thought. Well, I'm, but, well, but just so you know, um, it was. Good guard or ceo and you the inmate basically he's trying to set up all these ground rules boundaries and limitations please don't look at me like i'm your homegirl from around the way it is not that type of business i'm here to work collect a check you just a subject you're not even a person you inmate number so and so and so and so and so <clears throat> now every now and again she snaps out of that and she tries to have personal moments of tasty like do you remember this or do you recall that time and tasty because she's just humbled you know, a different person. Do you want to do all these things? So sit there and um share with her. But one time, Tasty asked her to deliver a message, deliver a note. She get some help. Um, she did it, but she did it with attitude. And she was like, "Don't don't ask me to do nothing for you again." So then Tasty gets um, help by the ACLU, who was cheering and rooting her. Ad. They they was, which I didn't like that either. The ACLU had always been there as an option. Obviously, they knew that she was going to. Um, cop out that day, so they came there. It wasn't until she pled guilty to the inciting the riot, and then pled not guilty to the actual murder, that the legal aid, the public defender, actually said, "Oh yeah, you have you have the ACLU. They, they're apparently they're here to help you." Well, bitch, when was you gonna tell me this after I copped out? You're supposed to tell your clients all the options. You're supposed to say I'm here, but also know that you have a Black Lives Matter support group. You know this is the system. This is the system. And they kept trying to tell Tasty the same thing. Except they kept saying, listen, it's not about you. This is politics, baby. This has nothing to do with you. The governor looked bad. Stocks is going down. It's a business. Prison is a business. Every cot that's full to this day, that's money. And every jail where they put them at, that town and that county gets income and money. Uh, the jail gets tax breaks for every person they have up in the cell. As a matter of fact, this mass release that you've been all recently seeing um, is because the jails are overflowing. That's all. And they ain't got to do nothing. They changed a lot of laws because they started to realize that the jails are getting backed up and they ain't got no room for nobody. That's how full they are. OK, but if you look at a system like that, even when she was right, even when she had the, the power to say something, they say, look, it's not about you. It's about, this, you know, you the scapegoat. You just got to be the scapegoat. Like, we're just trying to get you the best plan as a scapegoat. This is one of the reasons why I cannot be in a I don't give how much money it is. I don't take blood money. <laughs> I serve a God. I got to answer to him at the end of the day. One day, you know, and I'll be damned if, um, come on, man, for a nice ass car. I don't, I don't need all that. It's not that serious. I, I, I got to be able to suit myself. At I got more. I'm an empath. <laughs> There's certain things I just can't do. And praise God, um, when I chose to walk away from those decisions and those kind of things, I I thought I was crazy at the time, but I found my calling, and um, I am sustained just fine. You know, I don't want for anything. Long story short, though, this is the system, and this is what it'll do to you. You know, just put you in a situation where you just got to kind of hang your rope and just hang yourself. And friends, that's just going to do it with you. But Tasha, she's a CO now. She gets offended when Tasty gets all this recognition and she does an uh, interview. When she does an interview, she just speaks honestly from her heart about how the guards are treating her. When she walks away from the interview, Tasty asks her friend, the guard, Tasha, or the person she seems to still think is her friend. For some reason, she's still... She knows that Tasha got to do her job, but there's, that's my point. We got to wake up sometimes, but there's still parts of her that feels like her friend is still in there somewhere. So what does she do? She asks her friend, like, Andy, like just like the old days, girl, how you thought I sound? Did I sound smart? Did you think I sounded good? You think the people don't understand what I'm trying to say? And you know, Tasha, you know what Tasha heard? You talking about us. You know you got to be here, right? I put you up there. I did you that favor. I looked out for you. And that's how you repay me? By talking about us like that? Hold up, bitch. What? I swear, if we wasn't in the jail, I'd have dragged that bitch right there. That's where my mother. <laughs> that, I swear, orange is the new black, but not my little inner inmate. I would have dragged her right there. It would have been the principal. At that point, some, that's why I could see how a lot of people get put in the shoe and stuff like that. Or, or people fight um, loved ones sometimes. Because sometimes it doesn't be the principal. It just takes you that one little thing to go off the edge. You say, what now, bitch? <sighs> <laughs> hold up what now hold up so now i'm a to fuck this ass bitch because i went up there and spoke my heart. you don't live this life you don't know what the fuck i go through you over there talking about some we, i made y'all look bad how the fuck y'all been treating us up in here like y'all i didn't respect that at all i have a feeling that hopefully by the end of it she gonna wake up and learn but there was like another situation that they flashed back to where um her friend tasha was a flazed ass bitch from the past man like it's certain things that you should, people should just wake up and see and um I was looking at Tasha and so and so relationship Like yeah it would be like that Maybe your friend, maybe you're not in jail Maybe your friend is in a CO But maybe somebody is a little bit up than somebody else And they just kind of look at you in an inferior way Because you're just technically not on your, their level Or whatever Or in somewhere inside you think that they're the same friend That you thought they was Or the one that you used to having Only to find out that they changed I don't know that people change so much As they really just expose who the hell they really are inside That's what I truly believe That's all it is that's who he was. He was just good at hiding. Like Scarface said, like, oh, everybody pointed at me and said that I'm the bad guy either. But you know, it's the truth. Is All of you is bad. She's just good at hiding. You're just better at hiding. It. And I think that's just what it is. That was another message that was in there. I talked about Zion. I talked about. Oh, what other friendship? I put them all down here. I talked about Piper and Alex. I talked about the guards. I can't read my handwriting anymore. I told y'all. Tomorrow's the anniversary episode. I'm so happy. Oh, the anniversary is about to be over. Child, I'm so tired. General Population Podcast. No, I think I talked about just about everything. Ruiz, Yeah. Piper Chapman. Man, Piper get on my fucking nerves, bro. They could send Piper home and all and the new blacks still be popping. Laverne Cox Shout out to Laverne Cox She She facing the street Well when I last left off She had accepted The $300,000 settlement From the snake bitch Which that was so funny That she had got Caught up in there Called Lice Shaved the ball Now she went around With a weep on her head Looking masked a little bit But anyway <laughs> Shout out to Caputo too He's doing his thing I don't know He's gonna put it together But like um Yeah I think that's pretty much it Let me see Crazy Eyes and Frida Oh Crazy Eyes and Frida not formed a friendship Now that's an unlikely friendship That's a friendship That I didn't see coming um, and now, it was one thing that, what did, what did she say? Oh, because um, Frida knows she ain't shit, right? Frida literally locked up with, like, Carol, who's the one that she screwed over. If you, don't, if you know how she screwed Carol over, in that episode during season six, they showed you. When they was young girls, like 18, 19, and 20 years old, it was a young-ass Frida. Not that big old bad bitch you see today. And it was a young Carol and they were like the best of friends and they did business together and they had a stash in the library with drugs and can anything you wanted, they just, they just had to come and bankrolls of money and everything. One day, Carol came through and found that her stash had been gone, raided, whatever. She swore up and down, it was her sister Barbara. She staged a war with them on a the kickball field, which I swear that was probably the last kickball field that um, kickball game they ever had at the damn jail. She cut her sister's face and her sister dead ass looked on her face and said, I, I wouldn't, I didn't do it. If I did it, I would have been strutting all in your face, and you know that. And she looked at the sister, and eye, knew her sister was telling the truth. That's when she found out Frida screwed her over. Now, what Frida do with the drugs? Frida took the damn, I'm just talking my friends now. This is supposed to be her bestest friend. This is supposed to be her bestest friend. She took the damn drugs and brought it to the, um, a CO, a warden. Somebody who could make things happen for her. Why? Because Frida wanted to get the hell up out of that jail. She wanted to transfer, but she had to. Do some serious sleuthing and be do some serious snitching of something. She had to do something to earn it. And so she ratted out. She's a Judas, man. the straight up Judas. That was her first Judas move. And she left up out of there. Now that got Carol an extra 30 years. On top of the 25 years she was already facing. So this is why I'm talking about Frida. So now Frida's back up at this jail. And she keeps saying, even before she went up there, she's shitting bricks. Like, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back there. Because she know good and damn well what she did almost 25 or so many years ago. I couldn't even tell you how many years ago because they were old at this point. But anyway, she knows what she did. And she doesn't want to go back there. So when she gets back there and she's in isolation, she feels safe. But when they say you can go into population that's when she made the deal with the damn feds, like, listen, I'll give you whatever you want to, you know, just put me in this, this cell block called Florida, where it's just peaceful, quiet old ladies, trannies, and crazy people. Nothing's going on. There is no ruckus. Nothing's quiet. So she snitched out Judas again, somebody else, just to get into another position so she wouldn't have to run into Carol, because she know Carol this. She saw Carol with her own two eyes, almost pissed on herself 30 years later, because karma's a bitch. And also, she shitted on red. So, three times is Judas. So now she run around this jail paranoid as F. They done made it so that all these different colors of of the blocks, I think D block is tan, C block is blue. I know for sure the pink ones, or the pink cells is the Florida cell. Long story short, they managed to make it so that all the, now this is the guards, the guards are doing this because they want to see a fight. The more fights, The more altercations and the game that they're playing amongst the other guards for money. It's like a gamble bet thing. The more fights that they can initiate or the more situations they can initiate with their people or their players or their picks that from the draft or whatever. The more scenarios they could create for a situation to go down, the more they're going to do. So um, that's what they're doing with this multi block uh, kickball thing. Hoping. That knowing this one got be for this one and this sisters on this block and on that one on that block and also Red got a problem with, you know what I'm saying? That everybody's going to come outside it's going to be a, this is what they do. This is what they do for fun. And these people can like checks to do it. It's not just on TV. This is what they do in real life. So long story short, here goes, what's her name? Old ass Frida scared as hell to go outside because she just knows she's gonna get shanked and somebody don't like her. She done screwed over too many people. She gotta watch her back. So she started looking at crazy eyes like, I don't know if I can trust you because you're my bunkie. And if you go outside, because she's trying to tell her, Don't go outside. And if you go outside, don't trust nobody with no color on that's not ours. Because she's afraid that Suzanne is simple minded. They're gonna get in Suzanne's hand and use Suzanne as someone that's the closest to her, especially being a bunkie, to take out Frida. But then Suzanne, I want to talk to you about friendships. I'm bringing up Suzanne and Frida for a reason, because when Suzanne found that out, she damn near was upset and in tears and started screaming out, you know, I'm not susceptible. I am not susceptible. She said, I am your friend. I am your friend. And so I thought that was really deep because throughout the whole show, all you see is a bunch of, how does Suzanne said it? Why can't I? A bunch of susceptible people. You know, I still said it wrong, but y'all know what I meant. All you see is a bunch of freaking impressionable people just having their minds twisted and bent, and it works. Every time somebody plays a mind game with them, they bend and they fold. So to see Suzanne, and you could feel it, you can just feel the emotions that she said, if anybody comes to me or tries to, you know, tell me to help you kill you or something, I'm going to let you know. And then she started doing her own investigation. That's all I want to say about those two. And they seem to click this season more than any other season. Not that they wasn't ever respectful to each other in the other season, it just seems like, um, It's them too right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I want to talk about Flocka and um, Tova podcast. I can't remember what they call it, but they're cute. They're funny, right? The only thing that turns me off is just I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at, um, Cindy act like everything's a hate. Right, you know what I'm saying? Just cause she got immunity and she made out her deal and everything, she's a very selfish person. Very she had very much just uh, sociopathic. I wouldn't say narcissistic. Very much sociopathic um, traits that just came out in full swing. And I guess she started to feel really bad, so she wrote this anonymous letter, trying to act as if one of the inmates had submitted it for a segment that they had where. Um, a listener pretty much sends in a letter, asks a question, or shares an experience, and then Flaka and Tova, a.k.a. Cindy, would feedback and get advice. So she's like, oh, this is Cindy. She's like, oh, you know, I just got this thing from this fan." And she reads it out loud, and pretty much it's um, her, but she's projecting, saying that it's somebody else, saying that they did a really bad thing. There's something that they're withholding that they should tell. It's hurting their friend, and it's really starting to affect them. So, um She's like, what do you think she should do, Flocka? And I guess that's her way of asking for help without necessarily telling the whole situation. So Flocka starts speaking from the heart, and she's like, "Let me tell you something." She said, like, "I got a best friend." She said, like, "Who is separated from me, like like thousands of miles away right now?" And of course, she's talking my home homegirl from all the seasons. She's one of the ones that got separated and went like across the country or somewhere. And she said, "Um, and I think," and she's like, "And um." She's like, and I think about it every day. She's like, I think about it when I put on my makeup. She's like, I think about it when I'm just, like, playing with my hair. She's like, I just always think about her. She's like, so when I'm thinking about this letter, she's like, that's all I can do is think about my friend. And you know why I do that? She's like, cause, um, why I think about her so much and why she's always in my heart like that. She's she's like, um, she's my best friend. So basically, she said the writer should suffocate herself for making the world such a sad place. And um. that... Um. Basically, the friend is not a good friend at all whatsoever if that's what she did. And that if anything, she should open her mouth and cut. So each time she makes a statement, though, you could tell that Tova, a.k.a. Cindy, is getting more and more and more convicted, more and more and more upset. It gets to the point that she gets up and has a fit and walks away. Flaka has no idea why, because as far as she's concerned, she was just honestly answering this anonymous answers thing. So guilty consciousness does play a role in these people's minds. I want to say that it ain't always that they just want to be walking around here because God is real. Okay, when anybody believe, there's a guy that looks up high and looks down low, and they do get convicted. That's what's happening to her. But um yeah, when I think about Flocka, her hands is clean in this situation. She's one of the few people walking around here who one wasn't implicated, and two um, doesn't really do nobody dirty. Like she just be her business, and she might be a little like nutty and it but she just does her. So I just wanted to talk about that. Now Red and Nikki, and then I want to talk about Diane and Gloria. So, Red and Nikki Alright, so this is where I say Nikki is one of the few loyal people that's left As well as Red So as it turns out, Red um, After taking her deal and realizing that Nobody was her friend She started to want revenge She found out through other people That there was a woman in a jail named. She didn't know her name, she just knew that there was a woman in a jail Who her friend, or her ex-friend Frida The same way Frida had did her dirty Frida had did this other woman dirty And she wanted to know who she was Come to find out it was Carol in her block. And she didn't mean to offend Carol, but Carol asked her to come to some hair thing. She said, what's up? Why are you asking about this and that? I'm going to let you know right this. This hair could go good or it could go bad. And she told her, I hate Frida. I'm looking for somebody to hate her just as much as I do so I can, you know, so we can get back at the bitch. And that's how she earned Carol's respect. But now Nikki, who is like Red's daughter, is in C Block. And that's where... Carol's sister and her nemesis is, which is Barbara. So basically, you got Nikki and Red on two different teams. And both their bosses or both their leaders is rival sisters. So they cannot be caught dead really mixing with the other side. It comes to the point where D-Block, which is, I believe, Barbara, the sister Barbara, who um, Nikki has affiliation with, they want to go after block and they want to kill all the people that's close to the sister and um kill them all dead and not leave one person standing one of those people is red so of course nikki is alarmed and um she has a decision to make just like everybody had a decision to make at each time in this show and some of them made a lot of bad decisions there's not a lot of loyalty at all left in litchfield as i from what i could see and um i'm sorry hold on i dropped my nose yeah and so she decides that she's gonna try to intervene and so when it comes time hey y'all we're back with the third and last segment and that cuddle off and I was saying last thing that um, so Nikki decides to warn Red. Um, she doesn't really get the word to Red, but the guards do intercept the note and they figure out that something might be going on. And just to be on the safe side, they do get Carol and um, the girls out of the way, which obviously upsets um, Carol's sister. Because um, now she finds out there's a mole and she believes that Nikki is that mole. So she runs down on Nikki. And um, because girls too don't like Nikki is snitching and they said that they saw her kind of. Try to get Red's attention. So of course, um, Barbara don't like that. She runs down on Nikki, and Nikki swears up and down. She talks. She she talks real good. She could talk herself out of anything. But again, this is loyalty, and so. It comes to the point that Barbara questions herself and feels like she was made to look stupid by questioning Nikki, who she should have never second-guessed. So she apologizes to Nikki, curses the girl who put the battery in her back to go after Nikki, and now Nikki is safe, at least for now. Last time I checked, but again, there was a loyalty there. The rest of them, they just be like, look, if you don't want to be bad for you, do what she say you do. Even if they don't agree with it morally, it's just like, look, she say this, and they, and they don't try to find another way out of it. Not a lot of them try to find a way to look out for each other. It's just every man for himself, and I'm telling you, I don't think that you should look at it as it's just a jail thing, that's what happens in jail, I just feel like once you put in a situation with your other friends where it's time to survive, I pray God you don't ever be put in a situation where survival time, hell, I'd hate to see what you might do, what I might do, you know what I mean, when you got to time to survive, it's prison rules, baby, prison rules inside of prison, prison, it's time to survive. prison rules, that means there's no rules, and they don't seem to care about nobody, so I talked about Piper. I talked about Tasha. I talked about Crazy Eyes. I talked about Tasty. I talked about Barbara. I talked about C-Block, d Black. Oh my gosh, the, instant, the, the missing inmate, the, the old Jesus freak. I'm not even going to get into her because she didn't do nothing to nobody she's one of the few people that's not implicated like Flocka they ain't doing nothing and the pregnant girl who I think is so cute this season but even she's changing because that's what I want to talk about now the relationship between the pregnant girl and Nikki's changing now the pregnant girl Nikki in previous seasons had a thing going on you know same sex thing going on until uh the girl got married in jail and then she got pregnant after she had sex at the jail too which a guard let her do Anyway long story short They were really good friends But now since she's pregnant And she likes the protection That she has on the D block When she notices that Nikki keeps coming back Talking about whether well, they're gonna hurt Red They're gonna hurt Red They're gonna hurt Red The pregnant girl Being so brainwashed And wanna ride for the click And being so happy To be part of a gang She starts looking look at Nikki like how she, how a well-trained gang member is supposed to look at Nikki after they've been brainwashed and lost their mind, like Nikki is a threat, like Nikki's no longer family, and you could tell that if Nikki keep coming at her like that, it's only a matter of time before the pregnant girl's forced to now turn on Nikki, who was once a really good friend, just because she wanted the protection for her and her baby. I'm just telling you what well, this is. how was going down on this, but I know y'all see if y'all seen it, you still listening. You know what I'm saying? But this is what's going on. So now she's in a situation where Nikki could feel it. So Nikki fell back because she could just see it in her eyes. She's like, Nikki, I don't know. It seems like you're playing both sides of the fence. I don't think they're gonna like that. You know what I'm saying? That's that's how they're rolling now. And when Gloria finally got up with Diane, because this I think this is like the last friendship I want to talk about, which is more like a mother-daughter relationship, is Daya and Gloria. Cause Gloria got moved from C block to d block and almost got into some trouble with Daddy, the girl, until Daddy's boo thing, Daya came running up and validated her. So that's Gloria. Long story short, Gloria is concerned about Daya. She's trying to source to Daya. But Daya's in a bitter state. Like, I'm going to be here for life, so what do you get? You know what I'm saying? Like, if I want to eat pussy and if pussy want to eat me, you know. And not only that, um, Gloria can tell that Daya has been using. And Daya is not too happy with that. So um, I don't know how well Gloria's going to be able to get through to Daya because, like I said, everything's about survival right now. Daya will do... Whatever she got to do, because she said right now she's, um, I don't know, she's eating and she's getting ate. So she don't got to worry about eating. She doesn't starve because she's with daddy and, you know, and um, she got a drug, so she's not in pain. And, she, you know, she's definitely suffering from the guards beating her ass or being a guard killer. Oh, yeah, that's what um Flocka said. Flocka said um, as a response to Tasty that um, her and her bestie... Is like you know thicker than thieves. That um anybody who was doing what the writer was saying, which was really tasty and I mean tasty and I mean Cindy in disguise. I can't get these names together. Which was really Cindy in disguise? It was a traitor, a hater, and a um and a fake friend, pretty much. At the end of the day, yeah, yep. I'm done. I'm gonna do everything. Podcast. Let me see. Danny and Daddy. Danny and Daddy. Yep. Nikki and pregnant girl. Yep. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, that's it. Oh, and so I just want to leave with this quote. What did what did what did she say? I'm talking about Red. Red was talking to um Carol. I like Carol in Red relationship. I just don't want Red to get hurt in the senseless nonsense. Because that's what um That is what Frida ended up explaining to um, crazy ass at the end of the day is that she didn't mean to be a backstabbing person. It just seems like the two sisters was just very toxic and she wasn't willing to die over their stupid fights or something like that. So she just kind of wisened up, I guess. She tried to explain like She just woke up and saw who her her true friends were. I can't find the quote, but it was something... (sighs) Ah, Is this this paper that I balled up here? Yeah, so she said something along the lines of the ones who love you will make you... Weep and the ones who hate you will make you laugh. And I thought that was very appropriate. So yeah, I think I talked about everybody. Carol and Frida. I talked about Carol and Frida. I talked about Carol and Barbara. Yeah, so Carol and Barbara killed their little sister. I called about Tasha and Tasty and I talked about Tasty and Cindy. And I talked about Mendoza Ruiz. Yep, it's done. It's a done deal. was done. Now I'm gonna take a break and get me a snack and um uh, you know, bottle cold bottle of water and these last two episodes, and just see how the season ends. But that's just my notes or my thoughts. I just wanted to say about Orange and New Black, fake friends, and just things that people do when it comes to survival and comes to saving their own ass. When she hit the fans and true colors come out, you know, know your friends who they are. You know, if y'all ain't been through, if you have friends and you haven't really been through any real shit, I mean, some serious shit like your whole world's falling upside down. You're probably going to jail. You're gonna lose your kids. Somebody, and they, you know, to test. What they'll be like when they shit hit the fans, I suggest you start creating fake scenarios like they start doing on Hot 97 over here where they be like, um, is your friend ride or die? Then you call your friend up and you, it's a fake situation, but you be like, yeah, I got a dead body in the car. I accidentally, uh I don't know, hit the guy with my car. Nobody see me. I need you to come meet me over here. And then they, this is fake scenarios. But then the person either says, yeah, I'm coming through or no, I'm not coming. If they say they're coming, then the, then the whole um radio station or whatever, time in and be like, ah, you want so-and-so in the morning. You a real is our friend or whatever. You better start creating fake-ass situations. Don't wait till it's too fucking late and your ass is fa- facing um, charges <laughs> or something worse than that. We you know, a job loss or you already know. Eviction, don't do it. On that note, um, I'm going to see y'all next time. This is Fire Chapo. You can reach me at Fire Chappell for president at PetLover.com. Go also send me a tweet at Firechapo or hit me on the gram at Firechapo. See y'all a little later on today. Um, And again, tomorrow is the anniversary. Happy Thursday.